joining us down the line this afternoon to preview all that is to come is rugby expert and editor at The Raw, Christy Doran. Christy, welcome back to the show. Yeah, good to join you this Friday. Thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, We've got rugby at the G, uh, first time in a fair while, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, 85,000 people are expected to come through the gates of the MCG, which will be the biggest crowd in Australia in more than a decade. So it's it's an exciting moment for Rugby Australia to know that, yes, there is a pulse in Australian rugby, but also there's an abundance of youth and energy that's been given an opportunity by Eddie Jones. And and there's a couple of locals in particular with Carter Gordon, who might not be from Melbourne, but plays for the Melbourne Rebels, and he'll be leading the way in the number 10 jersey. How are they looking in your eyes, Christy? I mean, they're coming off some pretty disappointing performances in recent weeks, and now they face uh, a pretty ominous-looking All Blacks team. Oh, I think you've summed it up there. Absolutely. This will be a gigantic task for the Wallabies, and I don't think that you'd find anyone except for the Wallabies themselves that really believe that they can go out and beat the All Blacks, who have just been blisteringly quick and accurate uh, in their first 20 minutes of the two most recent victories over both Argentina away and then at home against South Africa. They were just electric most recently yeah. against the box. And if they bring that precision, I just don't know how the Wallabies could stick with them. But if, if you if you look beyond this weekend's result, I think it's actually a really positive, uh, proactive move by Eddie Jones because I don't think the Wallabies, with a 33-year-old halfback and a 35-year-old fly half in Nick White and Quade Cooper, would be able to lead the Wallabies to, to World Club glory. And I think... The lessons learned here, the experience in front of a huge crowd before a World Cup, uh, but particularly with the Lions series in 25 and a home World Cup in 2027, I think these sorts of moments could be really pivotal in shaping the direction of Australian rugby going forward. So tell us about the changes that the Wallabies have made for this game tomorrow. Eddie Jones, he's made a few. There's seven of them to the starting side and, and nine in total. Uh, and the changes are right across the team from the number one at loose head, Angus Bell, coming in, starting ahead of the co-captain, regular co-captain, James Slipper, who's going to be coming off the bench for his 130th match. That's a significant move in itself because if he's Bell's a, a 22-year-old who's got incredible running ability and could prove to be one of the great props uh, going forward if he continues in his upwards trajectory. But... Uh, a change in the second row, a significant change in the back row with Tom Hooper, who will play his second match uh, in the open side flanker, the prize number seven jersey. And, and that caught a few people by surprise, given that he actually has only played one match in that position for the Brumbies since making his debut a couple of years ago. He's typically a guy who can line up either in the second row or on the side of the scrum uh, in, the open, in, the, in the blind side flanker position. Uh, so they've gone away from the George Smith, the David Pococks of this world who was so great at, on the board to a guy who's a bigger body, 118 kilos, 199 centimetres. And, and that brute force is what the Wallabies are going to be hoping that they can do to stop the All Blacks wave of momentum that's surely going to hit the MCG in about 26 hours' time. So th- th- they're the crucial changes in the, in the forward back. But there's also four in the, in the back line in the halves that I've mentioned. 
and Andrew Callaway and Jordan Bataille returned from injury at, mm. at uh, fullback and outside centre, respectively. So, look, there's no getting slow out of the gates here. Those guys that have missed the last couple of months of action are going to have to fly back into it. Uh, Lenny Ikatau, how's he looking? What's the latest on him? Yeah, of course, a really proven operator in, at outside centre, one of the best defensive outside centres in the world. Uh, a fractured scapula it was against Argentina where he came off after 18 minutes. He fought on for about another 10 minutes after injuring uh, each shoulder in the process of scoring against the Pumas. Look, we're, we're not going to see him throughout the rest of this uh, home campaign down south before they go to France. I, I expect he'll be on the playing trip for when the Wallabies name their squad, the World Cup squad, a 33-person squad uh, in a couple of weeks' time, but yeah, we're not going to see him for the next few weeks anyway. And how's Taniella Tupo looking? Well, look, he's still probably not as lean as you'd probably hope and Eddie Jones would hope, but he's getting back and it's really it's such a positive sign that he's been selected mm-hmm. on the bench because, of course, he came off with a, uh, a ruptured Achilles back in November and I was over there in Dublin and you could see him in an absolute agony out in the field there at Lansdowne Road. Uh, it's a great sign that he's playing... Uh, his first match for the Wallabies since then. It's just going to be his second appearance after coming back for Australia A a fortnight ago against Tonga. Uh, it's a it's a it's a really crucial piece of the puzzle because you can't win games of Test rugby unless you've got a, a dominant forward pack and particularly a really strong tight head prop that will give uh, not only uh, more depth for the Wallabies but a guy that's just so powerful, particularly with his running game uh, for Eddie Jones's disposal. So seven changes, we, we've just touched on it there. Is it too many changes or are you okay with it as the Wallabies look to build chemistry ahead of a World Cup? Well, look, as I said, I, I think that the Wallabies will get beaten. and I, I think they would have been beaten whether or not they stuck with the old guard. Uh, but I, I really do think this is a proactive move that mm-hmm. it might not pay off initially, but it's really important that some of these guys who are younger uh, blokes that are going to be playing a big role in Australian rugby in the years to come, but they get some experience. And and people will say, well, hang on, what about the mental scarring that might be uh, that that might get picked up over the next couple of weeks if they suffer some some bad defeats? But Jones firstly needs to find out more about his wider squad. Uh, but secondly, these guys are mentally talented young players. Take the Dermot, Carter Gordon, particularly in the halves, 22 and 24. Uh, they're guys that. That, that aren't, uh, that don't have the, the scarring of a lot of the Wallabies that have been there for more than a decade, that have been there, thrown out, and, and just haven't got the results. So, look, I, I can't see the Wallabies winning back the Bledisloe Cup this year, perhaps not even next year, but I think this is a move that if you look at the history of France in, in 2019, Fabien Gauthier turned to a younger uh, generation of players coming through, and they're peaking now, ready to host a World Cup. Uh, England in 98 brought in Johnny Wilkinson to start against the Wallabies. In 98 in Brisbane, they lost 76-0. Wilkinson's first start, yet five years later, he goes on to lead England's World Cup glory, of course, in 2003 in Sydney against the Wallabies. Some of these big fundamental moves needed to be made for Australian rugby to succeed going forward. All right, so you mentioned it. It's going to be a very tough matchup for the Wallabies come tomorrow at the MCG against the All Blacks. What are the keys for the Wallabies and for Australia to try and get over the top of them? 
Oh, look, they've just got to two things. One, they've got to be able to keep with them both at the set piece and in the collision. If they do that, then they won't allow the All Blacks the time and space that they love. That's a tough thing, though. So easy to be said. And and it's a byproduct, therefore, if you're struggling to, to withstand and repel the, the All Blacks, you're going to give away penalties. But if they manage to keep and, and withstand that raid that's going to happen, particularly in the 20 minutes, first mm-hmm. 20 minutes, the Wallabies are a chance because they won't give away those penalties that will just give the All Blacks uh, both territory and possession. So that's the fundamental key. Uh, more specifically, the Wallabies are just going to be ferocious at the breakdown. They're going to be really quick. They can't be on their heels. And I spoke to Simon Porter, the, the former World Cup winner yesterday, and he said this isn't just a one- or two-person job. It's all 15 guys that have to be proactive and aware and switched on from start to finish at the breakdown so that they just don't allow the All Blacks easy ball uh, for their magnificent backs to be able to run with it and, and pull the wallet to pieces. Christy, a pleasure. As always, thank you very much for taking the time and uh, enjoy tomorrow's game. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you. There he goes. Christy Doran from The Raw on Sports Drive this afternoon talking the latest in rugby ahead of the Wallabies matchup against the All Blacks at the MCG.